Hello, and welcome back to Showing Up Messy. This is the podcast about the messy parts of the creative process and showing up before we feel ready. And here I am showing up, even though we've had several months of a hiatus um, on the show. And today I'm releasing an episode that I recorded several months ago, which I'm realizing re-listening to it, we refer to June as if it's a future time. And it's currently July 15th. So that's just to give you a little window into my own um, messiness, I suppose. But you don't mind that it's July 15th. You're just happy we're here. Hopefully you're happy. If you're not, you can stop listening. That's what I need to remember, that you have a choice. Anyways, um, I am really excited to share this episode with you, though. It was a conversation I had with Michael Barity, who is a very talented, wonderful man. Uh, he's an improviser. He's a writer. He produces all sorts of things. You'll hear all about him in the episode. And we spend a long time talking about his solo trip that he took to Iceland um, a few months ago. Well, a few, a few months ago <laughs> at this point. And this is not something I've formally talked about, but I'm going to be uh, spending a lot of time traveling after my lease expires in New York City. And our, this conversation was something that definitely helped to inspire that decision. Um, so that's something that I will be doing in October, October 1st of this year. It's 2018. Just, you know, in case you're listening to this far in the future, that'd be cool uh, if you're in the future. Anyways, that's what my plan is. And part of my plan is to take this podcast with me. So that's why that's why it's relevant. I was like, why am I sharing this? It's because uh, moving forward, I want to talk to people all over the world about ways that they have come alive in their lives to access their uh, creativity more fully. Um, so creativity is a really broad concept. Like I believe that everybody is creative and you don't have to have an artistic, artsy career to um, be living a creative life. I think that people who have found meaning and uh, are living are living in a way where they feel really connected to themselves and their work, whatever it is that that is, whatever they do um, with their time are definitely living a creative life and I always feel inspired talking to people like that. And so I hope to talk to people all over the world about the ways they've come alive in their lives and share those conversations here. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, for now, though, please enjoy this episode of Showing Up Messy. Thank you for sticking around and for being here. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. So I, I recorded an episode with my life coach and basically like our first hour that we talked, like she just uh, coached me. And then the next hour I got to talk with her as, as like a guest, but mm -hmm. the coaching session was just me just crying for an hour. I mean, it wasn't, but I think that was kind of my motivation behind doing this podcast is just to, just to cry. No, um, <laughs> just... <laughs> This is like, this is everybody else acting as a therapist for you and seeing which friend is the best therapist. Yes. I'm just trying to be like, how, how deep can you go with me? <laughs> just excavate me. Open book. Challenge accepted. Yeah. If you can make me cry, you, you win the podcast. <laughs> that seems like it, it, it's headed in such an inherently like, not destructive, but it could be like the person who just goes in and is like, oh, I just need to make you cry. So I'm just going to be mean. Yeah. Like, like, I know what you're insecure about. So I'll just kind of go there. And like, yeah. Yeah. That's how we're going to make this this excavation happen. It's going to be with dynamite. It's going. We're going in. Oh, I love it. Well, yeah. Bonus. If you cry, I think that's when you really win. That's when oh, okay. I win the podcast. Whoever makes okay. the other person. Actually, that's a great idea. <laughs> is that like is that a 
behind the scenes bit of like competition or is that a known to the public bit? That's a great, that's also a great question. Um, right now it's just known to me. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you, yeah, it would have to be like this, a secret of the podcast. Like only the diehards know that that's part of it. Right, right. It's like deep in the Wikipedia page of the show. Yes. Like there's just an ongoing thing. Like whoever makes the other person cry wins. Mm -hmm. And if you both make each other cry, it's a tie. Yeah. And if no one cries, well. We didn't get there. You didn't get there. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Well, let's start. Okay. (laughs) This is, I'm so excited that you're here with me, Michael Barity. Um, this is Michael Barity, my friend. <laughs> this is, why, why can't I do the introduction yet? It's oh, like, the introductions are always the hardest part. They're the hardest part because you're just you. Okay, I want, I, I would like for you to tell everybody who you are. Also because, so I will tell everybody first, but then you really tell them. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. So this is Michael Barity, who I know from Comedy Sports Los Angeles. We used to do improv together, and Michael lives in Los Angeles, and I'm excited to have him on today. He does a number of different very cool things, um, and and I'm excited because I haven't caught up with him in a long time. So this is both us catching up as people, and also let's dive into your creative process and hopefully... Um, Let's make you cry. Okay. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you do? Okay. Uh, I am Michael Barrity. Yeah. I have, um, creatively speaking, I have a YouTube channel where I periodically post uh, sort of hypothetical reworkings of movie plots. I hit it big on Reddit with a what if for. Star Wars episodes one, two, and three on my channel, Belated Media. That was um, such, all- such a good. That was those were so great. I didn't really well, watch those. You. Yeah, no, but <laughs> I was like, this was. They weren't very good movies. Yeah, right? and well, it's like I just I just approached them from like I I mean I went to film school, and so I was just using it as like I want to be flexing my creative like story editor muscle. So I was looking at it from that initially, and then wasn't really looking to like have any sort of hit on YouTube, but you hold up a lightning rod that's labeled Star Wars and people tend to strike that thing, uh, which I just was like, oh yeah, in hindsight, duh. Um, right. But then uh, also my brother and I released about two years ago an animated uh, pilot called Obituary, A Grave Beginning for a series that we'd like to be making about a, a girl who is raised by ghosts. Um, and, uh, we've been like working on that for two years prior to the release and still working on it in some capacity. Cause actually this past year we got the opportunities to pitch at Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon and Disney wow, animation. Awesome. Um, and that was like a really enlightening and cool experience. Uh, also as Katie previously mentioned, I do improv. Um, and then I've been working as far as income goes uh for six years thereabouts i was working as a video editor for smosh um which is a comedy youtube channel uh and for about two years as their post-production supervisor i left that job at the end of last february and started just focusing more on writing um both obituary and then some features and shows with other friends and have more recently taken up a producer and creative director position with my friend Gerard, who has a YouTube channel that does video game related content. So I've been helping uh, make music videos with him and get other like shows and let's plays sort of developed over there. That's my quick spiel on me. Wow, you are good at packing it in. To that little amount of time. <laughs> I, I try. I feel like that was very long winded, but. No, that was actually, I mean, like the, the, y- you do so oh, much stuff. What else and do you I do? And I also have a, I also have a pod. Yes. I have a podcast uh, with my friend Reed Bryce. We have uh, experts or fans of a certain topic come on and then discuss those. And then we sort those into the various houses of Hogwarts. It's called the Sorting Hat Podcast. It's a like edutainment sort of show. 
I love that. So yes, those are all the things that I think I do on a weekly to daily basis. Right. That is, how does your, how do your, how do you feel on a daily basis? Do you feel? over Overwhelmed, constantly overwhelmed. Yeah. It's a. I mean, like, I'd love to say, because everyone's like, oh, man, your days must be so busy. And it's like, yes, they are. But a good portion of my day, and I, I know that I can improve upon this, is always spent just being like, so what is it that needs my attention right now? What What is, like, the most pressing of all the things that I have? And sometimes I often find myself a little bit paralyzed by all the balls that I'm juggling, which is pretty t- tricky. Um, but then once I, like lean into okay i'm working on this like i can start to lean in and and get things done with whichever one it is yeah that's really challenging i how do you do that how do you like because this is something i have trouble with too it's like okay just pick one for right now and spend like three hours doing it because once i get into that state of flow with one activity it's like okay cool i can finish part of something yeah but and actually just as like an example my day got started a little wonkily today and so I was like okay as opposed to getting started on any one thing leading up to this podcast recording I was like I can't do that because I know if I get halfway through something and then have to stop it it will like throw me off even more when I try to get back into it so I oftentimes am trying to look for like good break off points um, or am. Uh, yeah. So like this morning it was like, OK, I'm just going to have like an extended workout and I'm going to read, which is like, you know, an easier thing to just be like, I can cut that off as opposed to like I'm midway through a scene or part partway through an edit because uh, then it's just that looming partially completed thing. Um, that becomes like more stressful for me than a unstarted thing, I guess. That is so, that's really wise that you do that. I feel then like, the, yeah. Oh, the other, the other thing that I have to do, uh, that I've become better at, but I still can improve upon it is, um, basically creating roadblocks for myself to corral me into doing the work that needs to be done I love that tell me about those roadblocks because I want to set booby traps up all around my room to be like do this thing you have to well yeah so it's like I mean one of the ones like one of my vices is I do like video games and so I I bought a Nintendo Switch last year I you know, we'll just periodically like pick it up and play a little bit of something. But that's 30 minutes that I'm like, oh, if I start doing that, then I feel bad about having done it in the middle of the day. So what I've actually done is I was like, hey, who of my friends among us uh, hasn't played the new Legend of Zelda game? And someone was like, I haven't. And I was like, would you like to borrow my switch? Because now it's not in my apartment. It's not a distraction. (laughs) Uh, like, and when I really need to be playing it, I can be like, Hey, can I have that back? Um, oh my gosh. Little- and you're just like the best friend ever because you gave your freaking switch to somebody. Like it, it's dual purpose. I feel like I'm like half cheating being generous in that situation. Cause I'm like, no, 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 you're actually helping me a lot in this situation. Um, but it's little things like that where I'll like, um, I, I believe I was reading, or audio book listening to, I think it's the happiness principle. If you've, if you're familiar with that, Ooh, um, no, I don't think so. Uh, I believe that's the one I've listened to a handful of self-help books, but, uh, the whole concept behind it is like initiate, uh, activation energies around things. So if you're interested in, I think it's like 20 feet or some, nonsense like that i'm i'm very poorly paraphrasing this concept but the (laughs) but the idea the idea is if you uh want to be practicing the guitar more or if you want to go to the gym more the idea would be literally put the guitar move it out of your closet and put it like at the foot of your bed Mm. or if you're if you're like i have trouble going to the gym in the morning go to sleep in your gym clothes or at least like have the gym clothes like right 
there when you wake up as opposed to, oh, I need to get these things out. So like I have just like a gym bag that I literally leave right by my bathroom door. So then any day that I'm going to go to the gym, it's just right there. I just grab it and I'm ready to go. And similarly, if you are trying to minimize how frequently you do something like watching television or whatever, uh, hide the remote or like unplug the TV Mm. and that and those like additional steps that you have to do will deter you from actually engaging in that thing. So the idea of like, me giving away my switch is that to like a very large extreme. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. I, I think I have heard of this concept before and it's like eliminating choices. Mm-hmm. Like you don't you don't have to choose to go to the gym. It's actually more of like if you wake up in your gym clothes and then you don't go, you're like, oh, I actually had to take an extra step to yeah. not because right. I had to take off exactly or whatever. Yeah. It would feel weird. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's those little, I guess, like you're you're sort of tricking yourself into doing things, um, but it's all good tricking. So yeah, is it really tricking at is that it, point? Yeah, is it just you're you're helping future Michael mm-hmm. be the be happy? Yes, I love it. Yeah, I need to, I do some things like that. I guess sometimes, like if I come home and I know that there's like well actually no so this helps with like because sometimes if I have a bag of trail mix do you know how to stop eating trail mix I don't know how to not like I feel like it's designed so that you're just constantly searching for the perfect bite you know oh yeah well because it's I mean it's the perfect fusion of salty and sweet so you're like yeah what a what a wonderfully balanced treat and but you're never going to grab the proper balance which will cause you to keep reaching for more You're and then just, you, you've yes. got the imbalance in the mouth they set you up for failure really it's just designed mm-hmm. poorly yeah you're you're constantly well, chasing that high yeah it's designed poorly and perfectly in the same moment because it's going to always get you back it's going to get you back. Yeah, you're always going to be like, God, I got to go work on that trail mix bag again. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be good. So, but recently, actually, this is just a plug for Trader Joe's. Um, oh, they okay. Have, okay. So this is, this is really tangential, but I recently, instead of buying a bag of trail mix, I got these little bags that contain like single servings of trail mix. So, that's your, yeah. That's my plan. I'm like, oh, that's what I needed. It's just like Mm -hmm. your thing of like, I'm not going to open another bag of them. Right. Then it's then it's just clean portion control. Really, you've just rationed it all out. This is your trail mix for the day. And then you have to like cleanse the palate with, you know, name your other drinkable or edible thing. There you go. Yeah, you can't overdo it on the trip. Well, okay, mm-hmm. and like the the plug for Trader Joe's is that this is actually a few cents cheaper per ounce. Isn't oh, you crazy? did the math. I did. Well, they have it. They have it listed per ounce of like what it is, and it's somehow cheaper to get the bags of the little bags, which is crazy because it's so much plastic. I shouldn't be doing this, but I need to like for myself. Um, right. Because regardless, like if it's the big bag or the tiny bags, it's like one serving size you know um and so anyways that's how I get in my own way in a good way yeah no that's that's helpful it's those little things that you can do like similarly I also have on my browser because this is the one that gets me like so badly all the time is I will be working on something and I'm like oh I need to check on this thing and so I check online and as soon as that happens, I either find myself through a few more clicks on Reddit or Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. And so I have set up, I forget what the plugin is, but I've basically like disabled those as viewable things. And I can like set it to restrict me from checking any of those sites for X amount of minutes or hours. Um, oh, that's so nice. It also can sometimes be a little bit infuriating when someone's like, I sent you this thing. You need to check this out. And then I'm like, I'm actually I locked myself out of being able to check things. So 
uh oh no is there like but, a there's is there a red button you can do to like abort the mission or no like, well no. that that's that's why it's like because if they did that then you then i i at least feel like i'd be like i'm locking myself out and then i'm like oh well i have the key so i can just like open this up and yeah. then you're throwing it, away it, the key yeah exactly it has to be like no no no. you're on lockdown for two hours you're going to get work done for two hours or you have to reset your computer which is a headache so i'm not going to do it like that that's the only one as far as i know but it's those little wow mm-hmm. yeah that's what i love about i love being on airplanes i love flying alone because i love like not being able to... the detachment yeah you're just like, I think that's the only time when I truly give myself permission to like be alone. That's that's been increasingly, I think, why I love national parks as much as I do, because like, I, I grew up going to national parks with my family and like hiking about. But now there's also the additional joy of like, oh, when I'm in, you know, the Rockies or Sequoia or Yosemite or wherever, there is no cell phone service. So I just I I get to detached by simple like the signal can't reach me yeah and that's very it's very freeing to suddenly have that pocket empty for me and be like oh i i don't have you know like those buzzes and pings and everything can come back to me when i get off the mountain but right now my head is clear and then i'm able to just like enjoy things and zen out that's actually when i'm most like calm and peaceful and i feel that um when walking in nature and things like that, I get to that meditative and the uh, meditative state and also the conversations that I have feel like the two or 3 a.m. conversations that you have with friends that are like, like that I don't feel can be manifested normally during the day unless I'm out in like a great vista surrounding me or something like that. Why do you think that is? I, I don't, rightly know i think maybe there's um there's a degree of distraction that is like turned off and tapped out when it's so late at night uh like Mm. you know that websites aren't going to be updating themselves and so you're able to just not be so easily distracted but actually lock in really with the people that you've been chatting with and maybe it's also the fact that due to just exhaustion or imbibements or what have you that now uh in an evening state you're actually like a little more raw because you've exhausted the like oh yeah we were talking about Westworld and like other superficial things that don't necessarily uh matter nearly as much not to knock Westworld or anything oh, that you might great. be discussing yeah. <laughs> but uh when you suddenly do sort of like exhaust those conversations and are just like what do you think happened like you know the the conversations that are a little more ethereal a little more out there yeah um, like what what, do you think god's real what's your relationship to your self i don't know right and the and yeah and it's weird because even like in this moment as i was talking i was like i can't think of one of those conversations and it's because it's roughly 2 p.m pacific time as we're recording this or or uh you know like yeah i think just like the daytime or the daylight might do something like that but at the same time when hiking it doesn't matter and i can just wind up in those like deeper conversations with people i wish i understood it but i don't but that's yeah, sort of the joy no, of it kind of that's so i i love that i mean I, yeah and I, I guess for me i don't always um I don't have that kind of connection with nature because I haven't had a lot of experiences in nature where it's like, oh, this is the real thing. But I or, you know, like that that's been. Mm -hmm. um, But I can just imagine that makes me just really want to go hiking more. I'm like, oh, that next time you come out to California, we should go on a hike. Let's do that. It'll be in June, I think. Okay. Actually. Um, um, good to know this is a good segue actually because you the the reason or you just recently got back onto instagram you said which makes yes. sense that you were off of it because you're cleansing your life and mind and your phone i yeah i, I try yeah you, that's good that's all we can all, all do um 
Christmas try. But you got back on because of the solo trip to Iceland. And then that's when we, I was like, you should do this podcast because I want to hear all about your solo trip and yeah. what. Uh, yeah. So like I, for you. I wound up back on Instagram because I was like, I should maybe post a few things to like from my Iceland trip while I'm actually here as opposed to because I I don't have Facebook on my phone and I just don't want Facebook on my phone, no. but I know that I can link my Instagram to my Facebook and I don't necessarily need the Facebook. It, Wait a second though. Do you, cause I don't have a Facebook on my phone either, but I base my, my browser app is just Facebook for me. Oh yeah. I mean that happens definitely, Yeah, but I, tr <laughs> but because it's not right on the home cause it's not just an app. I'm not immediately like, Oh, I should check Facebook, which oh, okay. is good. Because when I see the uh, Safari logo, I'm like, oh, that's Facebook. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, my... it's not that bad for me. Oh, that's good. It's not quite I'm that bad for me. But uh, yeah, so I, I re-downloaded Instagram because there's like, I just was like, oh, I feel like I should just share some of these because I also knew that once I, because I, I brought like a 32 gigabyte card uh, and like my DSLR and was taking photos and I almost filled that up. So I was like, it's going to be a while before I like sort through all these photos and upload anything to Facebook. So at least if I'm uploading a few things through just my phone's pictures, uh, that'll like satiate people who were maybe curious we were about my adventures. Michael. As somebody who was <laughs> back here on the mainland, we were like, where's Michael? I feel his absence. <laughs> I need to know. Yeah, uh so I when I when I left my job at Smosh, uh the folks there knew that I really liked to travel and I'd been talking about how I wanted to go to Iceland because I wanted to see the northern lights. Um and so when I left, they actually were very very kind and they pooled some money together and got me uh like miles for Wow Air. Wow. So they were like yeah, so they were uh so they were like, "Oh, go travel. We want you to travel." So that was like a very nice uh farewell from them and I I I'm ever grateful uh for that. Oh, that's um that's such a sweet get. That's such a great get. Yeah, I mean it they they were everybody over there who I worked so closely with, just great people. Um and that sort of like personal farewell was like very very nice of them um mm. but then the initial plan was actually that i was going to be traveling last year but i thought that uh i had a job that was waiting for me and then it evaporated as soon as i left my job and was like so there's a writing position for me and the producer was like i'm not here anymore what uh, it was a ghost <laughs> it's like uh oh. ba basically they just like stopped returning my emails after like they three months of emailing back and forth it was cool did you oh my yeah. gosh uh such is the entertainment industry what periodically was, but like it but I mean, obviously, you know, things fall through, but it's one thing to be like, oh, I'm sorry, this is no longer available. And another thing to be like, bye. Yeah. But without it was, the bye. It, yeah, it was crazy because like contracting was like about to happen. And so I was just like, just curious, like following up on when the contract could come and that it just didn't. Oh my and gosh. yeah, so at, at that point, I initially was going to be going in February or March and was like, okay, well that can't happen. And I was then, so my, you were supposed to go last year. Yes. I was supposed to go last okay. year. Um, my, yeah, February or March or October and November are prime times to go. If you want to see the Northern lights and also not, uh, exist in like perpetual night over there because their winter season is super long. And then it becomes like, you have two hours of daylight. Right. Uh, so, okay. So at both uh, those two periods, that allows you to have like days that are approximately normal length day to night. Um, so that was what I those were the days that I was drawn to. However, uh, it also did mean that I was there in the winter season, uh, which I didn't realize was going to have as many like asterisk uh, elements to it. Oh. But <laughs> yeah, so I, I was I was really drawn to the nature of the place I was intrigued by just like getting to see the northern lights and I also initially the plan was actually that I was going to like go to Amsterdam and also Iceland but in reading up more about how Iceland's weather is 
can really throw a wrench in your system. Uh, I decided I'm just going to do Iceland. And so I was there, I was there for two weeks. Um, and I, I rented a car and I was driving the ring road, which is the outer, the, the road that basically goes around the entire country. Cause the center of the uh, country you can't drive through cause there's glaciers. Uh, oh, wow. but yeah, so all, all of the cities exist on the outside and on the fjords, uh, or like just off of that main highway, which is a single lane highway, uh, or it's like, you know, it's like one and one, uh, going in both directions and going, I think it's like, it's 90 kilometers, just like everybody's driving that. And then like periodically dipping off to check out a, a fjord or whatever, or a small town. Um, but yeah, I, I initially went with the intent, like, I like to plan my trips. Uh, I I like to plan my trips like a little too much, I'd say, uh, or at least coming, coming back from this trip too much, I'd say. Uh, Wait, you mean, oh, you, you feel like you overplanned for your Iceland trip. I, I both did and I didn't. It was, it was very strange. Like I overplanned the start of things, but then that served me well near the end of things. Um, so you you knew what you were going to be doing for the first like yes week or so or how long yeah. yeah the first week or so was pretty meticulously planned and then as soon as I arrived everything sort of imploded and exploded at the same time and that was beneficial that I had those things set up got it so, so it's good that you didn't go in like we'll see what's gonna happen who knows right yeah okay I, well, and I'd say for each person, like that travel uh, mindset is different. And I think if you're shorter traveling solo, like having a more like whatever happens, happens attitude is probably good. Because if I were just flying into Reykjavik and staying there for three to four days, having like a whatever happens, happens attitude can serve you really well because at, at a hostel or whatever, you can just meet up with someone and be like, we're going to do a day trip adventure. And that's fine. But in the case of uh, driving the ring road, you do need at least some sense of where you're headed every day to day. But even but even then, like, I mean, I was so I I don't want I don't want to, like, go into the full harangue of every day because I've told the story once or twice to people. And it's like more than an hour long of my entire adventure so so we'll go like we'll do like spark notes i'm curious what i'm curious about is like i'm wondering especially because you are somebody who plans so much you know like Mm -hmm. what parts of the trip surprised you was this your first time traveling alone this was my first time traveling alone internationally and for such a long period of time because like i've I can say like I've traveled alone to go to like New York or Boston or whatever, but I've also been traveling to like meet somebody and like hang out in the city with them. So it's not really been traveling alone. Like I've had parts of the day where I'm like, I'm wandering around Central Park alone, but I'm at the same time not alone. Whereas in Iceland, it was, oh, I know nobody here. And Where I'm going, I know nobody. Where I'm coming from, I know nobody. And some of the uh, assumptions that I had were incorrect. And so it led to me... Like <laughs> it led what, to some... What, what assumptions were incorrect? Well, uh, like I stated earlier, uh, I was going in what's still considered the winter season. There's basically a winter season and a summer season. Autumn and spring don't exist in Iceland. Okay. It's... So, uh, I wanted to be camping while in Iceland. So I brought over a tent and a sleeping bag and I went to like a rental camping place and rented like a burner stove and a few other items so I could be living out of a tent and my car. Like that was the plan that I would be driving to campsites, setting up my tent and then like the next day picking it up packing it up going someplace else setting up a tent someplace else yeah. uh the intention was to arrive 
at Skoftafell was like the first major place, which is on the east side of Iceland, and it's right near the national park and like a large bunch of glacial. Uh, there are two large glaciers around there and a bunch of activities you can do and hikes. So I was like really excited about getting to camp uh, there. Yeah. And I showed up at the campsite and I was the only tent. And in my head, I had assumed that, oh, other people are going to be camping and I'll be like meeting people at the campsite. And I looked around and was like, nobody's here. And then and then there were like one or two camper vans that did show up. But the people who showed up in the camper vans were choosing to not be social. So. I just was like they got a van they're like we're I yeah I suppose so that's and so so what I was anticipating was like this great social environment in the campgrounds where like I could be meeting up with people and like talking with them and being joining them on hikes or them joining me and we'd have like great conversations that we'd be as we'd be going hiking and that was not present like there there was one so that then caused me and that paired with uh by the end of my second day i wasn't even remotely where i was expecting to be uh like driving led me wise, to you hadn't gotten there or yeah so yeah. yeah so i i will take this slight tangent because this is like a good i guess where like my mindset sort of started to change yeah um so my first day, I arrived in Reykjavik super early, did like a walking tour, and then was like, I'm tired, I should nap. And then like the next day, my intention was I'm going to drive from Reykjavik to Skoftafell, set up my tent, and be good. But I also at the same time was like, I need to be embracing adventure and like saying yes to things. Uh, I met this Indian guy at my... Uh, in the hostel that I was staying at and he was like oh you're going to Skoftafell can I join and I was like this is great I'm going to like I'm going to say yes to this adventure um, I think you made a friend uh, and then in the morning he was like hey can my friend join and I was like that is not what we initially described but sure I'm trying to embrace adventure let's do it oh my God. and so so we're driving out to Skoftafell which is east and east like and north but it it's a it's a counterclockwise direction that doesn't matter but we're driving around and uh the the guy was like hey we should stop at a few places and i'd already marked a few that i wanted to stop at and i was like yeah absolutely but he wanted to go to more of them and i was like i should be embracing adventure i'm saying yes to this uh the end result however uh paired with it being particularly rainy we were traveling uh, a little bit slower, and so basically at about 6 p.m., uh, I realized we were only halfway to where I wanted to be and was like, I don't want to set up a tent in the rain at night. Also, that was about the point that his uh, friend was like, so when are we headed back to Reykjavik? And I was like, no, 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 no. We discussed this. I stated very clearly that that wasn't a thing. So I don't want to be a jerk. But like. If you need to go back to Reykjavik, we need to figure this out right now. And so like. Mm. Basically, I, I, I spent like an additional hour and a half in Veek trying to like help or like trying to get them to figure out how they were going to get back to Reykjavik. And then at a. Well, the Indian guy was also like had to leave two days after and he initially was like, I'll figure it out. But I he was taking responsibility for this friend because I think he realized like, oh, he kind of screwed up and not conveying that information correctly to the friend or to me. I'm not sure. But um, it like at at that point when they finally did find a place and ran off to get a ride back to Reykjavik I then like looked at the whole situation and was like I'm in a town that I'm not supposed to like be spending the night in this isn't part of my plan I don't know where I'm going to stay tonight am I going to be staying in my car what am I going to do and so that was when I had like my first sort of like negative the the negative self-talk like really 
ramped up mm. and I was just like, oh gosh, like what's happening? And so I was like depressed in a in like a small food court uh, <laughs> in this town and was like trying to like figure out what was happening and just like, oh, everything's falling apart and I made a mistake. Like I should never have done this. I'm here another 12 days and I'm all alone and oh my God. And then like I went up and bought a fish and chips because I was like and everything's expensive here but like I'm just gonna do it because I'll feel better if I eat food and spend the money and these fish and chips are actually the best fish and chips I've ever had oh my god uh but like as soon as I just was like okay I just need to focus on the neck like putting my next my my next foot in front of me which is finding a place to stay so let's Look for hostels. And so I found a hostel. The first hostel that I went to, no vacancy. And they were like, but there's one up on the hill that you can stay at. And I was like, okay, I booked that hostel, paid a little bit more than I would have liked to, but was like, I have a bed. And the minute yeah. that the minute that I got into that hostel and like was greeted by another person, I was like, I'm gonna be fine. This is fine. The thing that I was realizing also in in like that moment was or like around that was i like when i have the choice to be alone but i don't like just being alone so anytime that i was with those two guys while we were traveling i would very frequently be like going off and running to take photos of things like that where they would be like doing something else and i didn't mind being alone but the minute that they were like, we have to go, we have to go. And then I was just alone, even though in that situation, I was like, it's better that you guys aren't here with me because this doesn't like this isn't working. Um, I I was suddenly feeling like awful. So it was it was a very interesting sort of revelation, I suppose, of like the choice to be alone means a lot more than I, I guess I just like having options more than anything. Um, and then the next day, just to be like, I guess more on the things that I learned on this trip. Uh, I, I initially, one of the reasons that I was like trying to get to Skoftafell, uh that evening was because I had booked an ice cave tour, which I was really oh. excited about. And actually after the Indian and Taiwanese guy had left, I got Wi-Fi and discovered that the uh, tour had been canceled because it had been rained in. Oh. And so that was like an additional ding to like the whole situation that like fueled my neuroses and everything else. Um, but I had emailed them that night and because they had offered like, hey, if you'd like to take this other ice cave tour, like that's an option. It's not as exciting, but like it's another ice cave tour. And I had responded with yes. And they had said, great, that's at noon uh, tomorrow. You can do that. And so I was like, okay, I'm waking up in Veek. Uh, I just need to like leave here by 10.30 to make it to the Ice Cave tour. And while I was there at breakfast, because this hostel was incredible. Oh my gosh, uh, they gave you breakfast. They gave us breakfast. And not only that, it was on a farm. And the food was prepared fresh from many of the animals that were on the farm. So like the eggs that we were eating were from their chickens. Oh. And and like the jam was incredible. It was like dandelion honey and like this weird like orange carrot jam that was great on the fresh bread that was prepared. But anyway, I could ramble on so about it's this like, that's exceptional food. Good that you maybe spent too much at the hostel. <laughs> oh, no, like that was definitely worth it. Definitely worth it. Oh, um, amazing. So I then was seated uh, like diagonal from this uh woman who was like writing in a diary or a journal and i we started talking and i learned that this was her fourth time in iceland and she was going off to this she she had mentioned that i was like what are you doing today and she said that she was going to a viking burial mound and going to explore around there because she knows the history about it and she went on and on and then she was like and what are you doing and i was like well, I'm supposed to go to this ice cave thing. And she's like, when do you have to leave for that? And I was like, 1030, which is about 
15 minutes from now. Is it weird? Can I join you on your Viking thing? And she was like, yeah. I was ha hoping that you would ask. And so we went on, I like sent an email without knowing whether or not it would be accepted or not of being like, hey, can I roll this to the next day? Um, the ice cave thing. And just like I went off on this three hour excursion with this uh, gal who knew a ton about Iceland and it was great. And we like took photos and just like explored the area. And it, w it actually wasn't until like we were done and she had like, dropped us back off at the hostel that i was like what's your name oh my god <laughs> like we just had this great we had this great time but that's like that was the sort of stuff that i was like hoping that iceland would be and yeah. so when i then got to skoftafell and was like okay people aren't at the campsites i was like i need to change the way that i'm approaching this and just be like looking to be meeting people so for the rest of the time rather than looking to be camping i was like Every morning I'm going to wake up. I'm going to like roughly estimate where I'm going to be in the evening. I'm going to book a hostel like in the morning and I'm just going to try to get there and I'm going to stop at as many places as I can. And that way I'll be able to meet people. And that's like when I was in Hofen, I met these two incredible German guys and this uh, uh, French woman, both of whom like on separate times we were like, let's take photos of the Northern Lights like and just like drove out a little bit and got to explore that or when I was um, uh, around on the Snifelsnest Peninsula, like meeting up with uh, people and we're like, oh, we should all go to uh, Olafsvik and do the swimming there because we got like free tickets to enjoy the pool area in that area. And uh, just. Yeah, immediately, like, getting to talk to people in hostels was, like, the thing that really had me charged and excited to go on adventures, even even in some situations just by myself because I'd, like, talk to people who were like, yeah. oh, I know you're cool and what we've discussed, like, gives me confidence in what you've suggested. And, uh, yeah, just the, the engagement that you get at hostels. If, if you... if if, dear listeners, you haven't had the opportunity to travel abroad, I would discourage you uh, from doing an Airbnb. While it might make for a more personal experience, um, and I've actually been very lucky when I have done Airbnbs in the past where, like, the person who was renting the room, like, was present, so there was, like, some degree of engagement. That's not always the case, and I would say that hostels ensure... Um, a multitude of cultures sort of cascading over to you. And that's, that's a delight. Oh, that's beautifully put. I'm, that's so excited. That's so, I love that. That was the shift that you made. And I think it, it just is so true. Like, I think that I'm having this shift in myself as well. Mm -hmm. Like even just in normal life. Although right now I am supposed to be on a solo trip, uh, which was yeah. part of, <laughs> I was, I had booked a you, solo you trip. Were you were very pragmatic in choosing to stay here and not travel abroad. But I do like the way that you've sort of retrofitted it. Uh, to meet your like, I still want to do new things, dang it. Yeah, I was like, well, I'm going to get stuff out of being here then. Why not pretend like every day is a surprise? Um, but but it has been, it's, <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's interesting, like, when I think about like, oh, I've got to plan out my day. Like, I can see... I have two different modes of being, you know, like there's the, mm -hmm. the type of like, okay, here's my to-do list. I have to get all this stuff done. It's very me focused, you know, like I'm in charge of like creating the plan and the day, which is important, you know, to whatever, have yeah. plans and do them. But also there's this other mode of like being in flow with the universe where it's like, oh, actually making eye contact with a stranger on the train is more important than like, mm -hmm. you know, it's 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 interesting. Like there's this openness and then there's this like I'm looking down and getting my stuff done. Well, that was the that was the other thing that was also and and it came to me a little bit later than I would have necessarily liked on the trip. Um, well, it was mm. twofold. One was one was the like uh, riding by the seat of the pants, just like I'm going to throw things out there. And if they stick, they stick, um, which was best exemplified uh, when I had been in contact with like a horseback 
riding opportunity like because there's mm. Icelandic horses are unique in that they have an additional gait. There's like a trot, a gallop, a, a, a canter, not in that order. Uh, but Icelandic horses have a tolt, which is like what? a, What's a tolt? which is <clears throat> to my understanding, it is sort of a combination between two of those three that creates like an uneven rhythm. Uh, but Icelandic horses possess that ability, uh, which is, is that like odd. A, is, yeah. Is that like a, a selling point? Like you should ride these horses. They're going to do a weird bumpy thing. Well, the thing that's also crazy about Icelandic horses, in addition to them being like shorter to the ground, so a little more pony-esque, but don't call them ponies because the Icelandic people get very offended if you call them ponies. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, they are not allowed to leave Iceland. And if they do, they're not allowed back in Iceland because of fear what? of disease. Or and, and if you're trained on horseback riding and bring your gear, it has to be sterilized and verified that it's like clean before it can touch the horse because they're like worried about uh, Icelandic horse plague or something like that. But um, but I, I had been trying to get in contact with this one horseback riding company and they just like dropped off the map while I was like driving up towards them uh like over the course of several days and so that morning while I was in Akureyri I just was like I I searched another place and was like hey on a whim I emailed just would I be able to do horseback riding later today and I sent that at eight in the morning and they responded being like yeah at like 8 15 wow what time and i was like this is great i'm going on on this like i yes. just have to lean into it and it was great and i wound up actually because it was the winter season uh nobody was really like reaching out about that sort of stuff so it wound up being me and just the german who was like a uh, farmhand who was like volunteering on the farm uh getting a personal horseback riding tour which was great for like for about two hours Wow. which is really phenomenal oh that's awesome so it was just a lot of like choosing to throw out uh like I, I feel like doing this is this possible rather than immediately undercutting myself choosing to lean into something that I was kind of interested in the same was true actually with ice climbing uh the woman that I met in Veek had mentioned that she had gone ice climbing and this other gentleman who I met twice uh, while I was traveling around mm. mentioned he had gone on a glacial walk and I hadn't done that. And so even though it meant backtracking from Hofen to Skoftefell, I decided, you know what? I am going to go on an ice climbing glacial walk trip because those things sound good. And even though it's not on my schedule, dang it, I feel like trying this and honestly that was one of the highlight decisions of my trip wow. ice climbing was incredible was it scary uh not it at all actually scary it, it sounds very <laughs> scary but the the ice picks do a great job in holding you and it i've all i'm also familiar with rock climbing and yeah, it's okay. very similar to rock climbing okay. yeah. but uh you do at one point walk backwards into a uh, glacial crevasse or crevice depending on how you want to pronounce it regionally crevasse, crevasse. and <laughs> and that was transcendently beautiful mm. it was blue ice on both sides mm. you just are completely encased almost in ice and then you get to scurry back up very cool but I'm tangenting as I'm I want it. to do uh, the, the other thing that I came to realize very late was I was so, so, so many days that um, I, I needed to just slow down. I just needed to slow down. And the days that I slowed down were the days that were like really, really like not even like go with the flow, but I didn't necessarily have as concrete of a plan. But the days that I had like seven things to do were the days that were stressful and not so enjoyable. But whenever there was a nature... Uh, area actually I have my journal right near me and I maybe can find the name of it um it was like a it was parody something it was like paradise something is what its rough translation is um 
Uh, but I just like stopped at it because it had, oh, it's the P-A-R-A-D-I-S-A-R-L-A-U-T, Paradisarlaut. I don't know, but uh, it has like- Sounds cool. It, it, it just was this small pond with a little waterfall, like maybe a foot or th- three tall, mm-hmm. um, just like babbling into it. And there was this lattice pattern and stone on the ground outside it. And I just needed to stop myself because I'd been running through this nature area trying to like see this waterfall and see that waterfall. And I just reached that. And the water was like this aquamarine clear blue that I could see all the way to the bottom. And I just was like, I need to stop. I need to stop right now and I need to sit on the ground and I need to cross my legs and I just need to enjoy this. This is what I need right now. I need to stop. I need to soak this in. And I just sat there for maybe 10 minutes and then I journaled that I needed to do that more. Mm. Um, and, and those were like, I mean, it wasn't necessarily a thing where I was actively trying to police myself necessarily, but those, uh, days where I was less about this insatiable appetite of I need to do everything in Iceland because mm-hmm. I'm never going to be coming back is it's it's a it's a bad behavior to have because you're unable to then truly appreciate what's right in front of you in the moment and I and obviously the culture which we currently exist in strives to make you almost believe that you have to buy now and do this as fast as you can and, you know, reach that orgasmic height as fast as you can in some senses. Like, like it's, but it's a little bit destructive. And so a little, yeah, it's like there, everything is targeted at you being like, you're missing out on the rest of the world. And here it is available to you in the palm of your hand. And so now, or moving forward i was just like i need to remember i need to remember the pond i need to remember the Mm. sense of stillness that i felt and how i was able to sort of clear out like oh i don't need to do everything because like if i'm doing it quickly it's not something that lasts or that is remembered but if you are real like all the moments that are most near and dear are the ones where you do really remember things because you took the time to like let it soak into your senses uh so like that's that's why just when i'm recounting the handful of stories that i even have like i mean some of them are very plotty but (laughs) most of the most dear memories from my iceland trip were when i was being like buffeted by rain but also looking at a great view or uh just um the the when i ice walked like the whole or ice climbed the whole experience there was just so visceral and awesome um and i mean that less in a tubular sense and more in a uh biblical i suppose sense oh the word awesome like it was full yes. of awe yes you yes. you were full of awe for what you were yes. looking at yeah just being very like physically physically slowing down mm-hmm. and being present yeah in your, that's in your body that's that is what i am trying to bring with me like all, all the things that i've learned but like that's the one that i'm like i i if i can like choose to eat slower and mm. enjoy a meal more rather than gobbling it all down it's it's not it's not a race. Life isn't a race. And sometimes yeah. I do worry like as, you know, I'm I'm 30 now, like I need to be I need to be engaged and like secure in my job and all of this and it it's mm-hmm. stop and like appreciate the the friendships, stop and appreciate the processes, stop and appreciate the the little joys that are around in your day to day and that's that's a tougher thing for me but it's hard um, for me too yeah do you I mean have it a, doesn't it, yeah no keep going keep going oh no no I've already lost the thought I, I took it away from you I was gonna say do you have any um this is something like I've been trying to like develop 
different grounding practices for myself, you know, mm-hmm. like how do I, yeah, like, cause I'll have these moments to, where you're like, oh, I feel so present and connected. What's happening now that wasn't happening like when I was frantic about that other thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, like when you're in a state of like, oh, I'm going too fast. Like, do you have ways of pulling yourself back? Uh, one thing that I have just been trying more and more, and it it's not necessarily not applicable to everything, but I've definitely been trying to make eye contact with people more. And I feel that like mm-hmm. reigns be in a lot more because I feel uh, with smartphones and so many screens around us that it's become normalized for us to be having a conversation with somebody, but not actually engaging with them. Yeah, because we're checking Twitter at the same time that we're talking about some other topic and what's happening on Twitter while moderately amusing and nice, bright scrolling pixels uh, isn't going to allow you to better engage in the conversation that you're having. And sometimes um, or, or just like even communicating ideas across from people. I actually at, at, work like that's some something that i'm striving for a little bit more is just being like hey i don't mean to be like a dick or anything but look at me when you're talking Mm. i i like i want to see where you're coming from and at the same time i want you to see me um so so again bold and good to say that i feel like that's an uncomfortable thing to say for fear it, it, of offending it, people or something. It is. And well, and it's weird because I find myself like I because I've been looking at my phone as frequently as I have all, you know, since 2006 thereabouts, like more actively doing that, like the it, it's something where I'm not even aware of other other people doing that because I've been looking at my phone and now that I'm choosing to look up more um or trying to anyway, I'm aware like, oh, we're all doing it. Yeah. Uh, and there have been so many different videos about like, look up, look up. But it's important. We should be looking up. And I think that's why I also now treasure nature as like even more so than I did as a kid. Because it's like, oh, yeah, this is this. This has that like nostalgia factor. And also it's great. And and I'm free from the phone. And technology right. and all that. It's like our final frontier. It's not even it's not even the final frontier. It's like the final like place we have to retreat from mm-hmm. insanity. Yeah. I actually just this week got kind of semi reprimanded for having my computer out to me. It was for whatever. It was fine. But I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, you're right. And she was like, I know it's hard. I was like, No, you're no, I was like, You're absolutely I was like, Thank you for saying this. And it was like this very I was really appreciative that like she kind of like this teacher I was working with like called mm-hmm. me out on it. And I was like, I you're right. Like Yeah. I there there is the part of me more and more like I um when I'm doing storyboards for the cartoon stuff or if I'm like write like writing with mm-hmm. the storyboards I can do it manually and like I can draw by hand and then I just like take photos and then I'm working with the digital medium but with if I'm writing a screenplay like the formatting has to exist on a computer which yeah. I was like I I like I obviously love the ease of use that these programs uh like they saved me a lot of time but at the same time then I'm like sitting in front of a screen for so long mm-hmm. and I do like activities like I'm I'm trying to re-engage myself into reading which is like something that I've fallen out of and I and I I can't stand that about myself right now in that I've because for the longest time like growing up I would read voraciously yeah. and now I'm it's taking it's taking so much energy to both get me to sit down and read and also not have like a distraction on in the form of even like music or anything like that. But I'm so tempted to check my phone while I'm reading. And it's like, no, just like set set aside some time, read, get like two chapters done. Um, although I will say when I was reading Game of Thrones, I read through all five books in like the span of six months so maybe i'm just finding the wrong books and i just you need mean to be like, like you need to find something that's actually sparks yeah your curiosity. i mean 
I mean, I'm the book that I'm currently reading. It's very interesting, but it also bums me the heck out. It's about it's about child soldiers in uh Ooh. in Africa. So it's like it's it's a it's a rough read. But you're getting um, yeah, you need to be in the mood for that. Um, yeah, this is reminding. Actually, I was talking with Tyler Holtman, who hey Tyler, oh. maybe you're listening to this. Um, dear friend Tyler, dear friend I need Tyler. to reach out to him. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. He, uh, I saw him when I was home for the holidays, but and he mentioned something to me that I've actually done a few times, like this. Um, I don't know where he got this idea from, or I mean, it's not. He didn't pretend like it was his idea. It was. From a Tyler place. Holtman's idea. Let's this hear is it. Tyler Holtman's idea. He should really copyright it because I'm going to steal it. It's called uh, Miraculous Mornings. And the idea is you set a timer when you wake up, a timer for 10 minutes, and you just write for 10 minutes straight and then set an, another timer and read for 10 minutes. And then you exercise for 10 minutes and meditate for 10 minutes. And that's your morning, a miraculous morning. And I like that a lot. It's cool. I, I've only done a full tri not even a trifecta a quatrifecta I've only done it a handful of times but when I do it for real and I like stay focused and I don't let my phone be a part of it it's mm-hmm. it's very cool like the thoughts that I have from whatever I've read for throughout the day are just a little bit more yeah I feel like my my internal space is just in a clearer place when I can do that I'm going to try to make that happen at least a few days that I like that a lot. The Tyler Holtman patented mm-hmm. m- mythical morning, magical morning, miraculous morning, but miraculous morning it wasn't any of those mirac- M's, was, but there was alliteration regardless. Yes. We knew that. Um, well, this has been a uh, very mythical, miraculous and mystical as well whatever it's been really wonderful talking (laughs) with you um unfortunately we have to wrap up but I feel honestly I feel very inspired and I feel very present right now because you've made me more mindful of my my state of being and I'm it's impressive that we're able to lock in as much as we are considering we're like facetiming you know thousands of miles away but I I I agree with you yeah, it feels like almost a 3 a.m. conversation. Almost, right? I like that. On I'm, a scale I'm always of a fan of them. 3 p.m. to 3 a.m., how does it feel for you? I feel I feel like we're we're like midnight or 1 a.m. Like, I feel good about that. That's all I can ask for. Um, <laughs> that's great. Well, I had so much fun talking with you. Thank you. For- Thank you, Katie. Thank you for just reaching out. I, I really... I really enjoyed the opportunity to catch up first and foremost. The fact that we're recording some other thing. That's nice. too. Honestly. Yeah. Like this was very selfishly motivated. And I was like, you know, if someone else wants to hear a conversation, cool. Yeah. I like I like that. I'll I'll gladly come back on to catch up with you another day. I love that. Should I just change my podcast to catch up with Katie? Catch up slash cry with Katie. Ooh, yeah. We didn't we didn't have a good cry. No, but that's when we catch up the next time. It's great. Right, right, right. We'll get we'll get even deeper. You get to that's how you get repeat guests. You keep I keep having them on until until we reach that breaking point. One of us cries. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay, well thank you, Michael. If I haven't already cut the audio before this. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Katie. This has been showing up messy. <laughs> <laughs>